Welcome to Dicey Stories, where we tell stories shaped by dice. You're listening to our tabletop role-playing game, Actual Play Podcast, episode 199. Today's episode is another installment in our series, Echoes of Invasion, set in the world of the Battle for Westnoth video game, 30-some years after the Eastern Invasion mainline campaign. It is played using Edge Studios' Genesis role-playing system, with occasional references to the Mythic Game Master emulator's event meaning tables for inspiration. Stick around after the episode for some GM notes if you're interested. For the story up to this point, visit our website, DiceyStories.com, where you can listen to previous episodes or read the serialized write-ups of our adventures. Now let's get rolling. We've got a story to tell. When we left off, you guys had completed your visit to South Tower almost. You had left the parting glass and you were going to be heading over to Damal's because there was a few things that Hepa wanted to take care of there. So we will start with you entering Damal's shop. It's a little bell jingle as you walk in. There's a sign out front that... No solicitors. <laughs> that indicates it is an apothecary shop. There is like a mortar and pestle, I think, would be on that sign. And it does also say like Damal's apothecary because Damal's literate. And... But it's in super tiny letters. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, of course he's literate. So you walk in the shop and I'd like each of you to make a one purple resilience check. Oh, God. It's like walking through a Joanne Fabrics. <laughs> Or a Yankee Candle, I was thinking. <laughs> what does a German fabric smell like? Fabric? I mean, it smells like a craft store. Way too many scents. One success and two advantages. Either. Okay. Same thing. So, both of you walk in. You have successes with advantages. So, yes, you are struck by all the different odors, but it is not offensive to you. It is not nauseating. It is, and you, like... Walk into a forest. You each have two advantages, so you, you can pick out, like, some of the smells. Rain-kissed leaves? <laughs> it's not a perfume shop. <laughs> I mean, although maybe he sells some of that too. So there's all sorts of little jars and vials and things like that. There's lots of powders, but there's also containers that have dried flowers and other things. So you walk in, there's the jingle, and then Damal, like comes out through a curtain to greet his customers. Doesn't have a smile, like, before he even sees you, doesn't have a smile on his face or anything. Oh, okay. It's not like he comes out like, yes, welcome. No. It just, he's, he's already he, he dour starts the with, starts at the dower line. So he comes out and says, yes, how may I help you? Hello, Jamal. How are you today? I am quite well. Do you need to make a purchase? Actually, yes. I have quite a few things I wanted to talk to you about. To talk to me about? Well, first you said you had water insoluble ink. Ah, yes, right this one. <laughs> one of the highest margin items in my shop. The mood improves considerably. He's like, "What do you want to chat about?" She's like, so "Alchemical stuff." He takes you over to an area, and there are many things here, a variety of colors. There's blues, there's blacks, there's purples. There's it's all powders. Okay. You are particularly looking for water insoluble inks. Yes. Actually, I'm just going to pull out the map and say, here's what I want to be water insoluble. It's something like this. Do you have a recommendation? You are asking... What can we do to protect this map? Yeah, I mean, maybe ah. maybe that's what Trick says. And she's like, oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. 
It's gonna get wet. Okay. In that case, Damal says, then what you do not need is water insoluble ink, because you are going to keep adding to this map and you want to maintain the current map, correct? Mm-hmm. So you actually need a varnish. Okay. What he is suggesting is a transparent thing that you will cover the map with that will protect what is already on the map. And then you will require a special ink that can go through that varnish. Oh, so the parchment is treated? So we'll treat the parchment and then you'll be able to keep adding to it, but you'll need to like rewash it with the varnish each time. We'll lock down everything that's here. You'll add stuff and whenever you add stuff, you relock it down. Okay. So it's like, I said varnish, but probably I should have been saying sealant. Okay. So does that add a thickness to the map after a while, or is that... What about... Perhaps in the lifetime of an elf, it would. (laughs) We can't have this, like, bacon slab of map, (laughs) eventually. Uh, I mean, I may just have to have separate... I might need a binder of maps or whatever. Although his opinion is, like, given how crowded this parchment piece is already, Mm -hmm. like, you're going to run out of space on this parchment before you run out of... Unless you learn to write really small. And draw really small? Yes. I could make the map smaller. Damal says that if you have an interest in an eyepiece like his, he does not stock those on hand, and he would have to inquire of some contacts to be able to get such an item. Such things are not manufactured much in Wesnoth, are they? The only craftsperson that he knows that is capable of producing such an eyepiece is a former resident of Hissenham who lives far to the west now. Do you know how much something like that would cost, I guess? How much of these monies would it take? (laughs) One money? In this, I guess gold is a... I was going to say this human currency, but it's not. (laughs) He doesn't know, because he's never served as a middleman for that. Mm -hmm. So he can inquire after it and, and let you know what the delivery time and the price would be. Okay. It'll take a little while for him to acquire that information, but he can get it to you. No, that would be great. He takes out a little notebook, makes a note. Big show, look at me, I can read and write. (laughs) So in your experience for something like doing a map, have you ever done something like that at that scale? Is there difficulty to it? Are you asking, has he made super tiny maps? Yeah, actually. I know I've seen him write, but I think what Hep is really trying to ask is if he thinks it's a skill she could pick up, or is it like just a ridiculous thing to do with a map? It takes decades. Oh, well, that might help. He's like, you're not going to make a tiny map. That's just not possible or whatever. No, he leads you to another section of the shop where all like, the little styluses are. Okay. Like you, you're going to need much finer pointed quills. So when he wrote your letter to Catchin... He had all sorts of equipment with him. He was using special ink. Right. He was using special implements. He was using an eyepiece. He was even using like a special frame that would like furl and unfurl. And it like stretches things. You can write slightly bigger tape. and then it shrinks back down. So he's not trying to scam you or anything, mm-hmm. but the list of like things that you like, this is a skill that clearly has a lot of tool support okay. needed. So he's not telling you, oh, you could never learn this. He's telling you, like, you'll need special equipment for it, as well as lots and lots of practice. Okay. So then if he knows how much all of that would be together, what she would like is to buy is the sealant from that, because she doesn't have that much coin on her. Having purchased a stolen ring. <laughs> well, I don't know. It might, it might really run a lot, or it might not run that much, but if she doesn't have the eyepiece, 
then I don't know if it makes sense for her to be carrying around all this ink and stuff if she can't really write that little. Or maybe it does help you write smaller anyway, even if you can't. He is certainly of the opinion that you should practice writing smaller already, that the eyepiece is really what will let you go to the next level. Okay. But if you cannot shape letters three millimeters tall, then you're not going to be able to shape letters a millimeter tall. Right. Like, so with her agility, she probably could do it anyway. <laughs> so you're looking for the varnish. Mm-hmm. You're looking for the ink that can work through the varnish. Yes. How many colors do you want of that? I mean, at this point, I'm assuming I just have the one for my map. So Right, but he's asking. You're making maps. If you take a look at this map here, you can see multiple colors. He has various things on display in his shop, particularly in the ink section, demonstrating all the different color inks possible. Again, is he trying to upsell you? Who knows? Or is he just somebody who like really values his craft? Is he just that sneaky? Well, you know what? Hepa's an honest type of person. I would also like to figure out what kind of alchemical supplies I might need while I'm here as well. So basically, she's going to plot. She's like, I have this much gold. So it's just a matter of what I can buy with it. <laughs> Trick needs a cool check. <laughs> and he knows, don't, don't show him how much money you have. This is rule number one of negotiating. <laughs> Doesn't matter how honest the other person is, they see that pile of gold. I didn't roll a, pie, a negotiate. <laughs> I know. I didn't even try. What can I get for 92 gold? Because <laughs> I'm going to spend it all here. <laughs> I think average is so reasonable. Take some threats. The trick internally takes some strain. So you succeeded with threats? Yeah, plenty of successes. How much threats did you roll? Two. Okay, yeah. I mean, you don't think we'll need it on the way back. No. The only thing to be worth for on the way back is getting robbed, I think. Damal looks at your pile of money. That's 92 gold. And asks, you are wishing apothecary supplies beyond those in a standard kit? Oh, right. Because I have this for you. So Damal, he does grow a little glum as he makes that statement. But then he turns and he heads behind the counter and pulls out... Dusty old. (laughs) It's like a fish tackle box, kind of, that he pulls out and sets up on the counter. Uh Uh-huh. But then he also pulls out kind of like a fisherman jacket. Like, it's a vest. So many pockets. So many pockets. But also, it has slits on the sides and down the back that are laced. So it can be adjusted for size and things like that. Because the idea is that, like, you're an apprentice when you acquire this thing, and then you grow up and you keep your jacket, and they just adjust the laces. And as you become more portly, <laughs> more muscular. What I'm hearing you say is that you don't ever need more supplies as you get older. You just as you get more experience, it's the same I mean, supplies. Expanding your waistline as an alchemist means you can hold more things, though. There's just that's more circumference to work with. <laughs> so he hands the vest to you and suggests that you try it on, and then we can transfer these materials from the fishing tackle box into all of your pockets. Okay. Question. Is the tackle box organized? Yes, because Damal is the one who put everything in it. Okay. And Ulrich never touched it. No, I mean, Ulrich did operate as an apprentice and had things in pockets and did stuff with them. But when he ended his apprenticeship, Damal packed everything up. So is it something I put on over... You said I've got my leathers on. Is it something I put on over to so, try or do I have to take... So... You can wear it over your leathers. Right. It will be three encumbrance then. Okay. The rule with armor type stuff in the game is if you're wearing it, 
then it's three encumbrance less than whatever its encumbrance is because it's distributed across your body. But the rule is also you cannot layer types of armor okay. without some cost. So because you are currently wearing your elvish leathers and stuff like that, you can certainly put the vest on. It makes you slightly bulkier, which is the encumbrance. I mean, Hepa's not a fashion plate. It's not that yeah. she's, you know. And, you know, if Hepa decides later, like, this isn't super comfortable, I'd rather ditch these leathers, then, you know, you just trade off your jacket, whatever, top tunic. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine it would be more like, oh, I'm going to travel, so I'll wear my leathers. I'm going to, you know, because she doesn't want stuff to get damaged, you know, in adventuring or whatever. But yeah, she'll try it on. And You put on the vest, and he hands it over the counter to you and instructs Trick to tighten all the laces. No, not tying. That's something I can do. All right, help me out here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, mate, like, hops out of your backpack. Yeah. Mate works on, like, one side. You work on one side, I'll work on this side. We just need some mice, and I'm like Cinderella. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Then Damal opens up the case, and this is the part where it's going to be hard for Trick, because now there's going to be a whole long list of names of things. Oh, no. Names of things belong to a category. (laughs) Peppa so wants to know all of this, too. Yeah, so... Now comes like 10 minutes of handing you pouches and vials and Damal telling you exactly which pocket like to put things in okay. and telling you the name of each one as he hands them over. And is this something I need to write down? This is a bunch of information Maybe being too fast. dumped on Heffa with no consideration for you having time to absorb it. Okay. Sounds like a knowledge, lore, or adventuring check. You have the skill though, right? Oh, you have alchemy. An actual alchemy skill? Yeah. I think I would rather that than a knowledge skill. I mean, I don't know if I should make it now or just when I'm trying to figure out what everything is. Do you poke around other things in the store? No, because Trick is not necessarily overly curious. And, like, he gets the sense, like, I don't know what any of this stuff does. If I touch something, that could cause trouble. So it's more like sit down on the side bench and prop your feet up and take a nap? Yes. Okay. So if you make your alchemist roll, and if you do well in it, then it's fine. If you don't, then maybe Hepa wants to be writing things down as he's telling you things. Okay. Three purples, though. Because he's going so fast. He doesn't just write small, he talks fast. Yes, and there's a black die because... He doesn't like me. Correct. Two successes. You do keep up with him, then. Uh-huh. Like, you take note of everything that he tells you, and it's probably the case that you recognize the names of some things. Some of the stuff, it's like, oh, I've heard of that in our village before. Some of it is, oh, I already know that plant. Some of it is like, oh, I had learned about that yesterday on my distillery tour. Right, right. Because while a lot of stuff is powders and dried herbs, there's also some flasks, and those are for dissolving things, and some of those are alcohols of various strengths. Right. Yeah, so now you're loaded down with three encumbrance worth of alchemy supplies. Right. So is this all just ingredients, or does this include whatever you mix things in and stuff? That was kind of the supplies stuff she was wondering about. So there is a difference between the alchemist's kit and the alchemist's lab. Mm -hmm. The alchemist's lab is something that essentially, like, you would need a wagon to cart around. I guess I'm committing to alchemy here. (laughs) But then I'm sure she has a whole, like, closet full of supplies for every different little hobby she was going to pick. So alchemist kit, or apothecary kit, supposedly different things. Those are sort of the basics of you can do a thing. If you have the whole lab, you get a blue dye. And yes, the kit takes three encumbrance, 
The alchemist's lab, which includes supplies, takes eight encumbrance. Yeah. So you're not going to be carrying the lab around with you. But only you costs know. twice as much. So as far as like what you have equipment-wise, this is all of the basic ingredients. Okay. And then also like a tiny mortar and pestle and like a tiny distillation flask. So it's something I could do, like while we're traveling, I have everything I need? Or yeah. It's, okay. This is the basic supplies that you can take with you as a regular person. This will let you make checks without penalties and without increased difficulty. When you made your check to make that cure for Heleth, it was four purples because okay. you didn't have the basic thing needed to right. do the check. I was making it up from spices in the kitchen, so it was a miracle I made that. You're a smart person. <laughs> That's true. So that covers the alchemical type of stuff, mm -hmm. but there's still the whole inks and maps side of things. Right. You wanted to buy the sealant and the ink to write through the sealant. Did you decide how many colors you want? Just one? So the limitation for Hepa is really more traveling. And then, of course, how much money she has. So I think she's more worried about portability. But okay. I think at some level with all of the supplies, since she doesn't really know how much stuff costs, she's just assuming that that might be more than she has gold on her. She may okay. have to ask Daddy for the writing small kit or whatever. But I don't know if I can travel with all this stuff anyway. But she would like multiple colors. Okay. If you are to acquire a full little scribe set from him, mm -hmm. that gives you some inks of various kinds and some styluses so that you can practice small writing. All those ink combination type things is all going to be one more encumbrance right. of stuff. Okay. But that can cover however many colors you want. Yeah, I can do that. And then we can figure out if we need to bring horses next time or have a bag that I'm just kind of dropping when we're doing stuff. Ah, combat! Throw the alchemy kit to the side! <laughs> Inks everywhere. All the dyes and everything he gives you are all powdered to okay. make them lighter. Okay. They're all just add appropriate liquid. So then I can... The appropriate liquid is you have in various oh. little flasks about you. The writing kit is going to cost, we'll say, 50 gold as the baseline, mm -hmm. and negotiate can decrease that price. Trick fell asleep, bless you. Yeah, I'm not going to negotiate. Him up. You're just going to hand over the money. Yeah. Okay. I don't even know if Peppa knows that you can do that. <laughs> like, remember, this money just showed up in her bag. Yep, yep. And he will send a message to you when he finds out about the eyepiece, its availability, and its price. Okay. Um, there was something else you wanted to talk with him about. I know the Dapper Incap yes. solution. If I could just ask you a question about this, and I pull out, if you know anything about the dapper inkcap mushroom, ah. or this this solution, I understand that it might have it. So you're in interested it. in an alchemical consultation. Yeah. I'm going to be paying tuition to this guy. That's what's going to happen. And she says yes, not yeah. There is a jingle jingle at the door. Yeah. Trick, you are startled awake. Yep. And you yeah, see... Recovered some strength. <laughs> I had advantage. Is that, is I rolled a resilience check okay, to see if he could stay awake. He could not. But I had an advantage, so I figured he got... You're playing your own little game over yeah, here. Yeah, I'm having a good time. I guess it was your own choice to roll pool that cost you strain anyway. Yes. The jingle jangle of the door wakes Trick up, and in walks a grizzled old fellow, scarred... Sir Mardius? No. Whatever his name was? No. Okay. Not a knight. This is a fellow who you've seen several times. His name is Jedith. Jedith, right, the better. <laughs> Sorry, I know a lot of people. <laughs> That's your own fault for meeting so many people. It's true. 
So it is one of your fans, and he, he steps into the shop, and Damal tells you, one moment, please, and uh, says, how may I help you this morning? And Jedith says, oh, no, 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 uh, go about your business. Uh, I'm looking for this fellow. <laughs> how did he know you were here? Probably asked Ulrich. Oh. And uh, Jedith comes over to Sorry, you. Sorry, Damal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Professional services. <laughs> it's, we're, we're moving into your office now. I promise I'll make a purchase. <laughs> Don't worry about that. I'm making purchases. <laughs> so, Jedith, you spent your heroic ability last time yep. for him to owe you a favor. He's gotten a lot out of your shows. It's uh, been highly entertaining, and uh, he knows you expressed some interest in uh, some of the, the local Lo- historical local, sites. Yes, local historical sites. You know, gotta, gotta learn the lore of the land, get new material at least. So he, he heard from uh, the, the barkeep down uh, at the local drinking hole that you were, you were fixing to head out of town. And uh, if, it, if you're heading back east where your, your forest is, whatever you said it was called. Uh, Estrin Forest. There's uh, some couple places just outside the city that oh, really? could maybe show you on your way. You would do that for us? I feel I owe you a favor for some reason. <laughs> It's the least I can do. Yeah, it's it's the least I can do for a visitor to our town. That would be fantastic, actually. We'll be heading out probably by midday. <laughs> as soon as I can drag her out of here. Yeah, she's making some major major purchases. This is a fine shop. I don't know if you've been here before. And, and he's just kind of like, I have no idea what type of shop this is. <laughs> and like, it's a color store? I mean, yes. Is this paint? <laughs> yes, you probably can get paint here, actually. Anyway, yes, that would be great. Um, we can meet you at the Eastern Gate at midday. Oh, sure, sure. I think that'd be good. I'll yes. bring some sandwiches. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we're just gonna you know, check around. Might do a little bit of digging. See what see what's left out there. Not a problem. I have stories I could tell you. I bet. Trick's probably remembering like, man, this guy went just went on a rambling story that went nowhere. He, he told was... you that that he had been like out to Mel Ravenel's oh, swamp. Okay, no, that's like that. true. Like this is a guy who fought with Gwedry's army. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a trick that has a slightly different viewpoint then. Because... I'm treating the guy like a random drunk, but he's really not. He's one, he's not drunk right now. <laughs> <laughs> Two, he's actually been somewhere interesting. Because when you told your first story about Master Edward beyond the Bitter Swamp, yeah, yeah, yeah. this guy was like, I've been beyond the Bitter Swamp. There are I no ask him a question then. His I've heard that Mal Ravenel had like a capital there, like some ruined fortress. Oh, where? Yeah, yeah. Um, whew, it is nestled in among mountains. We were not able to proceed. Yeah, I understand. Well, I mean, we got within sight of it, but we weren't able to breach it. I heard like you and Gwedry like rescued some knights there. That oh. had to be crazy. Oh man. Like sneak into his capital to rescue some some folks. You wish him to relay this story to you right now. I'm fine you, doing so. You, the GM, don't have to relay it right now. I, the GM, will describe the story rather than trying to tell it in grizzled veteran voice. Yes, I think that's fine. Which is that after passing through the tunnels when they fled the town, they emerged in the Esmarkels. Gwedry wanted to end this thing. The wishy-washy mage, who was his advisor, kept being like, no, no, he's too powerful, he's too powerful, and Gwedry was like, we gotta do this. And so they kept heading east and they fought their way past multiple sets of necromancers and dark sorcerers and things like that, each grimmer than the one before. 
they fought their way through swamps and crossed chasm covered lands broken lands the bitter swamp then like when the mountainous fortress was within view they were kind of ambushed by several more sets of mal ravenal's forces mal ravenal himself taunted them before vanishing again in a poof like he always did cowardly creature that he was and in that fight there there was cages actually like among the swamp and mm -hmm. there was several of the king's knights who had been previously sent out on a mission by the king but this was before Gwedry was installed in this area and these knights had never returned well they'd never returned because mel Ravenall had captured them all and they'd been stuck in these little cages in this swamp and they were guarded by these things called revenants which were even more creepy skeletal warriors more, more skeleton than skeleton like yeah not just like oh this guy with bones and a sword they had armor they had helms like these were fully bedecked skeletal warriors and they truth be told they have this aura about them that's just really unsettling and these knights in these cages were like stuck surrounded by these things the whole time and what's even worse is Mal Ravenel played this like creepy game with Gwedry's forces and taunted them to like try to rescue the knights. When we did launch the assault, when one of our people was downed in the fight, then one of the revenants would kill one of the knights. So what? Then we had to like kind of change our tactics to like. Ooh. I mean, of course, you don't want anybody to die when you're fighting, but you realize like some sacrifices have to be made. But then we had to like change our tactics to be even more like defensive, but still trying to reach these knights. Mal Ravenel was pretty messed up. <laughs> I knew he was evil. I didn't know he was twisted. Running out of prisoners. Oh no! Like toying with the lives. But we were able to rescue uh, a handful of knights who then joined us in the rest of the fighting. Uh, there was a, there was a Sir Inic, there was a Sir Marthenic. Then he lists a few other names. Uh, Trick, you may make. I guess lore. a lore check. This is a name you have heard one time and may not remember, so I think it's hard. Three purples. That is negative with one threat. Okay. You know you have heard Inic before. Okay. But you cannot remember at all where or when or how, and it eats at you. You take a string. Did Comradoc work for him directly, maybe? So they focused on rescuing the knights and... Since Mal Ravenal had vanished again, at that point, Gwedry finally accepted Dacen's advice to get the hell out of there. So they rescued the knights and they did a tactical withdrawal. Then they had to fight through various things again. There was there was these nice elves, uh, this Volos fellow that some orcs were trying to assassinate. We helped him with that. Does that name, is that like at the, our high council? Volos is the high lord of your forest. Okay. Which trick knows. He still counts as a high lord, even though we're tiny He's forest. of your forest, yes. Okay. You have a council, and he is the high lord of your council. Okay. But from Jedis' perspective, he's like, yeah. Some elf. There was some, like, elf king, uh, Volas, who, like, some orcs were trying to assassinate. We helped them with that. And then we crossed the Great River, and the rest is history. So that is all of the blather you get from Jedis okay. on history and context before he goes to buy sandwiches. Fantastic. You don't ask a million questions. Meanwhile, Hepa, you 
are purchasing apothecary services. So that's another 10 gold pieces All right. for a consultation. I mean, the juggling lesson was two, so it seems yeah. fair. And this is maybe more of a specialized thing. And he takes your sample and he like goes to all of his vials and tinctures and stuff like that. And he takes a dropper of this and adds this thing and that thing. And while he's like working to analyze this potion here, he tells you what he knows about the dapper ink cap. Okay. Which is a mushroom that grows in dark places and is very rare. And uh, he knows it as something that is used to treat the elderly, that there's certain mental conditions as the mind deteriorates when people get older. Certain forms of that can be treated with some components of the dapper ink cap, but it has to be used in like very small quantities and with a mix of other things that can alleviate some of the side effects. And as he's doing his analysis here, he's like, oh yes, like this potion that you've given him contains like, and he names a few other things in the potion, like, oh yes, I would use that to balance the this and the that. But he like evaluates this and tells you some of the other ingredients in it. He doesn't know where you got this potion from or what it was for, but in his opinion, it's improperly balanced that he would add a variety of other things to it. How did they describe what the problem with Sir Martinek was? They told you that he was prone to getting upset, that he had nightmares, that he couldn't sleep. And when you observed him, he was clearly very dampened down Okay. Um, to the point at which, like, kind of muffled and not really responding to the environment around him. But that seemed better than having him lash out and right. be upset and things like that. So her name's Hepa, not Hippa. So she will just tell him where she got it. <laughs> And she'll say that it described what okay. she, the effect she noticed and that it was Sir Martin X and where it came from. Oh, and that it was brewed by the House of Light? Yeah, so if, <laughs> if there was something that could be improved about it, maybe he gets some business and he can, I don't know, but like Hepa's not, doesn't think of those things. But she, yeah, she'll be straight up with okay. what it's for because, you know. You telling him that the potion came from the House of Light? He's a little bit like, okay, so they do do some real healing there. That was less than useful. <laughs> but clearly, like, their skills in apothecary are not up to snuff because they rely upon their unnatural magics. They should be devoting more time to learning the proper ways to heal people. But uh, with this information, um, he will call upon Lady Glynis to consult with her about the health of her husband, Sir Marthenek, and uh, hopefully get him into a, a better state than the one that you saw him in. Yeah, I think she would appreciate that if you can refine it. And you wish to make a charm check? Like, you've been interacting with him a fair bit here. Sure. There might be a chance she can actually charm him. We shall see. What's the difficulty? Charm goes against cool. He is not cool. He has two presents. So that's two purples. And you get both a blue dye because of your interest being shown in apothecary stuff here, but you also get a black dye from his, because he knows you're a mage. Yeah. I'm a sorceress, apparently. Or a druid. Nobody knows. From his perspective, you are a magic user. He's not wrong about that. But I did succeed. Two threats. Two threats, I think, buys me either your strength or your fall. Well, you know my strength is curiosity, so I don't know that that seems like something that's really difficult to figure out, so I don't know if that's a big prize for anything. there's a difference between knowing somebody's asking questions and understanding how important knowledge is to them. Yeah, but her flaw is ignorance. So I don't know which one of those makes more sense. She did just lay out all her money there as well. 
<laughs> yeah, I think we're going to go with ignorance. I mean, this is going towards him understanding you better. Mm-hmm. And you just blurt things out. And, like, you don't really understand human society. And you yeah. also just dumped all your money on the counter and said, give me some things that this money can go buy. Well, some of it is being sheltered, but also she is from a noble family. So she's the money is not a thing for her at all. Mm-hmm. So it just depends on how he wants to interpret it, I guess. Yeah. So you're having a social interaction. You succeeded the charm check, so it's going well for you in terms of... Oh, I should have used my proper upbringing. <laughs> <laughs> so this actually goes well, this interaction. And he tells you, you have a lot to learn. But you have a long time to learn it, so it might be okay. I mean, that's not an insult for her, because that usually means somebody's going to tell her stuff. Yeah. See, he's like, you have a lot to learn in all of this, but it is good that you are setting aside your magic ways and embracing the true path of how to properly heal people. Only he knew her fear. Of commitment? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, once you... And he gets a little... It's clear, like, he enjoys the alchemy work, right? right? Like, he provides a whole bunch of services here, but his true love is is the alchemy. So he's like, you know, like once you, you truly see and understand like all the things that these reagents can accomplish, you won't feel the need for your unnatural magics. I mean, most of her medical skill is not magical. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Magic healing is really unreliable. <laughs> it's true. Hurt yourself more often than not. So he packs up your purchases and yeah. into uh, your writing kit. And he will have a message sent to you when he finds out information about the ocular piece. Um, I do want to ask him a little bit about like the Dapper Eden Cap as far as... So, it is my understanding it may be dangerous for elves. I'm not sure the nature of it. You know, I think she might even... Even knowing that he's not a big fan of magic and stuff, I. it was described to me as cutting off the life force. I don't know that she's going to be able to explain Moses, so she's not going to try to go to that point. <laughs> Do you know anything about that? Or if there would be a safe way for me to experiment with that? I just don't know how dangerous it is. He has not provided treatments to elves before. Yeah. And he is a maintainer of an apothecary tradition. He is not an experimenter of new things. So he says that if you've heard that it's particularly dangerous for elves, don't use it. Well, I've been carrying it, and I've been okay, and you opened it, and I feel okay. So I'm not... Well, this potion has only a small quantity of dapper ink cap stuff in it. You haven't drunk any of it yourself, right? No. I mean, it's dangerous to elves. (laughs) Right. So he doesn't have any advice for you on how to experiment with something. Right. The only way to find out how dangerous it is for elves would be for elves to chow down on it, and he's not going to endorse that. Okay, that's. I mean, I think if she, if he had a recommendation, that seems like one. So that's one of the concerns she has about bringing it into the village. But if it's such a small amount, we've kind of. Yeah, I mean, he he doesn't think the quantity that's in this little vial here is an issue. Like this isn't a whole entire mushroom. This is an extract was involved in this. Okay. Just don't poison the water supply with it. You need to, like, trip and spill it up. And then all the water dowsers are like, no. The dowsing rods all shrivel up. Oh, no, the dowsing rods won't work anymore. Okay, so he says that it's an extract in there as well. It's not even a full component yeah. from the compound. Huh, okay, so that's also a bit of information. She tucks that away to add to her map later. 
He looks across to Trick and he says, you said you would be making a purchase, but do I have yes. that is of interest to you? I was wondering if you have any Very fine sweet. pieces. <laughs> no. No, definitely not. Uh, fine pieces of like brushwood or something that I could use for crafting purposes. I don't know if you carry something like that here. Not um, a local wood that I can get just anywhere. It's not something that he usually sells. He does have some fine pieces of. Or wood. like an old piece of that would be just considered a scrap now. But. Well, he has some fine pieces of in the of wood in the back that he was going to be using for like carving styluses and stuff like that. Yes, something approximately yay size. A block of wood? I mean, if he had a branch, that would be a good start, but I don't imagine he keeps... But he just told you that he has some pieces of wood for oh. whittling down into okay. styluses. Then yes. All right. Do you wish to make a negotiation? Yeah, <laughs> For this what is his piece of wood that costs five gold pieces. Oh, gosh, I'm getting, getting reamed here. <laughs> hey, I paid ten gold for an alchemical consultation. That's right. He did have to use things. Church negotiates because he likes negotiating. <laughs> yeah. Negotiate is also presence-based. Yes. Red and purple. Uh, I fail with three advantages. Okay, I have to pay a full price. Three advantages and... And a triumph, but he's willing to throw in something extra. Actually. So I think Trick will even tell him, like, you might be a little offended, but it's, it was my trade growing up, and maybe that will ease some of the things. Uh, I'm going to make a dowsing rod from this, but it occurs to me, what kind of tools... Would you or someone else in the sandy waste have used to find water? Clearly, it wouldn't have been a dowsing rod. Maybe that's the trial. If he had such a, a tool or methodology, or how do you find water? Look at the local geography. Go to the lowest point. That's where the water is. <laughs> I don't know that there would necessarily be tools involved in it. I think it was more a knowledge of the landscape and the vegetation. So actually. He'll take you over to like a set of shelves with like skinny drawers and he pulls out a skinny drawer. So it's a very long drawer, but not a very high one. And it's got a book of really big parchment type stuff. This particular book is all sandy waste vegetation, like the loins of it. Interesting. He walks you through a few pages of ones and like this particular page of plants like kind of succulent like or whatever is ones that you can cut into for moisture and then like this other page here is ones that indicate that the water table is x far down okay so there's some plants that will let you know water is close to the surface and then you can like dig for moisture there and there's other plants that like are excellent sources of hydration themselves it's, of course, punctuated with various borderline offensive commentaries on how one does not need any sort of unnatural magic. One just needs knowledge of nature to locate moisture and liquids. Those kind of things just brush off trick. Just wash right by. <laughs> wash right by. Who said dowsing was magic? Yeah. Well, trick implied that it was. He, is, oh, he I wasn't implied that it was, yes. Uh, so essentially, it would be a survival check. Yeah. But he shows you the pictures of okay. the, the necessary plants. Well, that's, that's interesting then. Okay. And then you pay full price. I will pay full price. For your stick. For my scrap. And you had three advantages as well as the triumph. I'm trying to think what else might be even useful around here. Do you want him to like throw in a package of seasoning? This shop oh, also has yes. herbs and yeah. spices and things like that. Yes, uh, a package of, of seasoning I think would be good. Okay, so he includes... Essentially, Dune Folk Spice Blend. Yep. Cool. 
Add some zing to your vegetables. <laughs> uh, also good for mulling meat. I have some meat. So it's, it's a mix of, of various spices that are that new to you, spice. but part of your heritage. Ooh. Ooh. <sighs> opens the sinuses right up. Very important in the desert. Yep, yep. <sighs> okay, I think we have ended our apothecary yeah, encounter. So. so before we leave, so Hepa <laughs> writes a note. She's, she says, if I leave a note with you, could you get it to Alric? Yes, I will see Alric. Okay, so then she's going to, it'll probably take her a little while. She's going to give him a note with map on it. Secret you crafted an artifact. <laughs> You're going to laugh when you look at it. Oh, so I feel yeah. like that's kind of what her style is like and what her maps must look like. Did you spend all afternoon doing this? No, it only took me an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, because I timed it, so I figured she can just sit and scratch it out. Probably part of it she already has done from working on her map, but also not all of it because it's obviously not to scale because it's just basically the primary purpose of it to show location between... I like the, the not to scale. This is the size of a magpie. This is a falcon. Yeah. yeah. Well, oh, actually, it was scale. for the map. So what I picture is she just makes the, she's trying to do the map, but then she gets distracted and puts other things on there and probably already had some stuff on it. So she makes a note to give to Alric, which I'm sure will be fun for Demol to have to now, try to. I was going to say, now, quite, like, Alric can't read, right? Yeah, yeah but Hepa doesn't Hepa know doesn't, that. Hasn't right. conned into that. Also, he was probably supposed to learn how to read when he was an alchemist apprentice. <laughs> So now would be a good good way for him to learn. <laughs> that can be like homework, I guess, for GM to figure out how to maul an Alric. Alric, thank you for the alchemical kit. I will think of you when I use it. I have attached a rough map of my location in my village, should you need it. Sincerely, Hapalonia of House Thrandalo. Hard, yes. hard, hard. Are you almost there was funny. much more silver salts left in the kit than I anticipated. I was looking up what compounds would be explosive so that I could just kind of ah, okay. have a thing that he would have told her. Yes, right, because he told you he set off various explosions and stuff. I like the sketch of the cuttlefish. is also quite nice. Yeah, I traced that one. Gnarled birch tree. Oh, oh yeah, I added things to the map for the village, too. I wanted to have <laughs> landmarks so that it would actually yeah. serve us for whatever. So we'll have to scan this. There's even, it. like, part of a family tree drawn on here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, think about what Hepa's, inside of Hepa's brain looks like. That is kind of what I did. The messiest thing I've ever made. So there's something marked on here, Theoda and Bryn. Oh, yeah, those are the servants. I named them. <laughs> oh, you actually know their names. <laughs> no, I do now. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a small village. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Burning shrub accident. Oh. Also, all these notes on Alric. Uh-huh. Not an alchemist. Observant. Considerate, fun, handsome, intelligent. <laughs> what I like is the thought of Damal having to read these to him. <laughs> All right. Thank you. <laughs> Highly entertaining for the GM to receive secret letters. Roll to recover strain. I'm Jennifer here. I love it when players produce extra material for the game, like writing songs, drawing sketches, or even just doing research on their characters' interests. These sorts of things extend way beyond just learning the rules of the game and spending XP. 
I find this so rewarding, as it shows that the world I'm creating for them really resonates with them in some way, and stretches into their lives beyond the play session. If you're interested in seeing the map that Hepa left for Alric, and that Hepa's player was kind enough to draw for my entertainment, you can find a link to it in the show notes. You've been listening to Echoes of Invasion, set in the world of the Battle for Westnoth video game, and played using Edge Studios' Genesis role-playing system. Our GM was Jen, and our players were Lex and Daniel. For the serialized narrative write-up of this adventure, visit us at DiceyStories.com. Our character art is by Del Borovic. See her work at DelBorovic.com. Our music is sampled from Return to Westnoth by Matthias Westland, a.k.a. West, licensed under CC by SA 4.0, part of the Battle for Westnoth project. Visit them at westnoth.org. Until next time, this is Dicey Stories reminding you, the only thing that separates you from knowledge is experience.